We are starting a new series today that I'm very excited about. And the Lord began to put a word on my heart. Actually, last year, when I was preparing and studying for sermon series that we were going to do this year, uh, I went before the Lord, and this one word uh, kept really took root in me, and it, and, it, and it really got into the fabric of my being. And um, for one reason or the other, I wasn't able to, to preach it until now. I know half the year, more than half the year is gone. It's one of those words that you would think would be preached at the beginning of the year to kind of kick the year off. Uh, but we had to set vision and do all of those types of things. And so now is the appointed time. And this word is favor. Favor is the favor of the Lord. And today we're going to be talking about the favor encounter. Favor believing for the best. Now, this, this word, the favor of God, and this, this, this concept of favor, uh, I, if, if you're anything like me, it's, it's something that I have to really talk to myself about because when I look at this word and when I study the word out and when I talk about it and when I uh, really, really just get into the scriptures about the word favor and I really begin to see what favor means and what it's all about, well, it's, it's too good to be true. And I have to talk myself out of that mindset of, well, that sounds good. Yes, I know the Lord is good and, you know, he, he blesses his people. But, you know, really, that's for somebody else. And I have that attitude or, you know, it's yeah, that's good. And I just don't know. I mean, that's not for this time. You know, I have to go through some things. Or that's for, uh, you know, uh, another church or another time or something else. And I, I really have to talk myself out of this mindset that the favor of God is not for me. But the favor of God is for you. And when I studied it all out, I read a bunch of scriptures on favor and his grace and the blessings of the Lord. And you know some of them, Deuteronomy 28 and how God loves us and he set his love upon us. And he just wants to bless us like a gracious father does. And he wants to give us lavish love and blessings in every area of our life, relationships, um, finance, every area of our life. education. God just wants to bless us. And then when I begin to think about it, I come to the conclusion that it's too good to be true. But it is true. It is absolutely true. And what I'm hoping to do in this series is to sort of change our perspective on this word favor. Now, most of us will say I'm favored. Hey, how you doing, sister? Oh, I'm blessed and highly favored. The words come out of our mouth. But I guarantee you, friends, if you really understood what God meant when he said, I, my favor is upon you. If it really begins to take root in you, If you get a revelation, an epiphany about what this word really means in your life, it will totally blow your mind. We'll go back to to how the Apostle John said it. Behold, what manner of love is this? You remember that phrase we talked about in our last series? It will totally blow your mind. 
the favor of God. And so I want to get us from a place where we talk about it, where the words come out of our mouth and we say, yes, I'm blessed and highly favored, to living it and walking in the favor of the Lord. That's where we need to get to. I mean, how long are we going to walk in speech only? Come on now. How long are we going to talk about it but never realize it? You know, it's kind of like us. We were, you know, been talking about going on vacation. Yeah, one day we're going to do it. One day, you know, when we save up this amount of money or one day when the kids are not into this or one day when I get more vacation time or one, one day, one day. And one day just never comes until you say, listen, set a date. <laughs> this is when we're going to do it. We're going to set a date and we're going to work toward it. We might not be able to do it tomorrow, but we'll set a date and we'll work toward it. There's got to come a time in your life, saints, where you set a date, you draw a line and you say, I'm going to start walking in the favor of the Lord, in the favor and the anointing of the Lord. And we're going to talk about that today. Each year is a year of divine possibilities. And God has divine appointments and wonderful blessings. But how do we attain the blessings of the Lord? Now, I'm not talking about what some of the seasoned saints call sloppy agape. This is not your typical you know, prosperity message where you say a phrase five times and all of a sudden money falls out of the sky. Well, that's not what God is all about. Now, he can make money fall out of the sky. Don't get me wrong now. We're talking about the almighty God. But that's not what he's all about. He's about relationship with you. Do you remember the story of the prodigal son? If you look at that story from a different perspective, maybe from the perspective of the older son, I believe this is what God is trying to get into our minds as saints. You are already in the house. You want to know why I'm rejoicing over those who are not saved that came in? What are you jealous of? You're in the house. You have my favor. Start walking in it. You have everything you've ever wanted right here in the house, but your eyes are to those who are coming in because you see their blessings and you get jealous. I got a message called the sin of comparison. I have to preach that again one day. It's a sin to compare yourself to others because what God has for you, come on, is for you. I was telling my son, he just started basketball yesterday. And we, we began to talk about that. And I, I began to talk to him. I said, look, you're at a point now, son, where you're 12, you're about to turn 13. I said, now, I said, you've been playing for fun. And that's what you should do. You should go out and you should have a lot of fun. I said, but there's a point where you have to get a little bit serious about it. You have to go out and compete. Otherwise, you're not going to make the team. And you're not going to be having fun. And, well, I don't know. Dad. No, 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 no. Listen. You need to go out and compete. But here's what it is. I'm not telling you to go out and put other boys down. I'm telling you to go out and be the best basketball player that you can be. And then let the chips fall where they may. See, there's got to come a point. There's got to come a time where we say, look, I'm tired of reading about favor. I'm tired of listening to messages about favor. I'm tired of talking about favor. It's about time to walk in it. Come on, who wants to walk in the favor of God? It's time for us to walk in that favor. 
Now, we'll kick this off with the definition of favor. You might want to take this down. It's kind of a long definition. But here's what, and I worked, there was a lot of work put into this definition. Because there's a word here that if you don't get anything else, you've got to get this very first word, and it's alignment. We must align ourselves to God's word. Otherwise, you'll never walk in the faith. Favor will be happening all around you. But if you have not aligned yourself to his word, it'll be like a cloud is over you. Why is it sunny for everybody else? But the cloud of rain is over me. Because you haven't aligned yourself to God's word and his blessings. You must align yourself. And you might say, well, how do I? It's just difficult. Listen, I want to tell you something. Come on, today, today is a day of reckoning. Listen to me now. Pay attention. Today is a day you've got to make a choice and you've got to make a decision. Too many of us have walked around and we use excuses and we say, listen, this is not a condemnation at all. This is an encouragement. Take it that way. It's not a rebuke even. It's like an encouragement. It's encouraging to me. This is what Jesus is speaking to me. But too many of us walk around and we make excuses. You know, well, you have to align yourself to the word of God. Well, yeah, I know, but I, I try the best I can. I just, you know, it's not like I can read the Bible every day. I mean, I got, you know, I'm, I'm real busy and the kids are in this and I got this to do and I have that to do. And I try the best I can and I know God will forgive me. Yeah, he will forgive you. But how long are you going to use these excuses? You can do it. In fact, let me give you an example. You do it every day. God comes to you and says, listen, if you will align yourself to my word, I will let you in on a little secret. And that secret is that I have an expected end for you. You will be blessed and not cursed. You will be the head and not the tail. You will be above and never again beneath. You will be the lender and not the borrower. Come on. You will be on top, walking in authority over sickness and disease, over poverty, come on, over bad relationships. God is telling you, if you would just align yourself to my word, this is for you. And we do it every day. I'll give you an example. What if someone, you were meeting with someone, sitting across the table from them or across their desk, and they begin to tell you, they said, listen, I got a deal for you. I got a question. I wonder if you would, wonder if you would uh, take this in. If you would, would you be willing to come in here every day, except for maybe two days a week, and come in at 8 o'clock, maybe take a lunch break, an hour, and then do some tasks, the assigned tasks, and go home at 5 o'clock, do that every day, except maybe Saturday or Sunday or take whatever two days it is. And then at the end of the week or the end of two weeks or once a month, I'll give you money for that, for you doing that. Would you be willing to do that? You'd be like, yeah, it's called a job, isn't it? You are aligning yourself to what the person is telling you to do so that you may reap the reward of what comes from the alignment. We do it every day. When you go to school, the teacher gives you a syllabus and an outline. And the reward of that is a good grade and a pass or fail at the end of the semester. So you have to align yourself. 
How much more will the Lord bless us if we align ourselves to what he tells us to do? Why is it so easy to do things for man, but it's so difficult when the creator of all creation, the one who breathes stars, come on. The one who sustains your life tells you if you would just align yourself to what I'm telling you to do. I want to bless you. I have blessings for you. If you have your Bible, or your device, uh, sweetie, will you give me my Bible? Turn to Luke or scroll to Luke or flip to Luke or, how, you know, you got your iPad or your iPhone, Android. Or if you just have a Bible, just turn in the Bible to the book of Luke. This, this definition, aligning our life, it's the, that, that word is so important with God's blessings, grace and favor that position us for, how about this, increased influence. How many would like some increased influence? Now, in case you don't know what that means, that could mean on your job. That could mean in your family. How many would like to influence some family members in one way or another? Come on. Come on. <laughs> Increased influence. We want that. What about some supernatural turnarounds? Come on. There are some people that need some supernatural turnarounds. There are some folks that just need to turn around. There are some folks that need some help turning around. And there's some people that need some supernatural turnarounds. Can't do it by myself. I know I dug myself in this thing. I know that. I realize that, Lord. But it's so deep that it's a country song. Come on now. I've been down so long, I don't even think about getting up. Some people are in that place. And you need a supernatural turnaround. Well, guess what? God is here today. Today to give you a supernatural turnaround. What about limitations broken? I just can't break through that thing. Seems like every time I get close and I just can't do it. I'm trying to pay off this debt. And every time I get close to paying it off, something else comes up. Anybody ever been there? I have. Come on. Recently. Come on. I mean, ever since we made the declaration, we are paying off everything. And I got a plan, too. I mean, prayed and God said, this is the way you do it. I said, Beautiful. I can see it, Lord. I can see it laid out. We're on that. We're on that path. Here comes this thing. All right. No problem. I'm not going to turn to the left or to the right. Pay that off on the path again. Here comes this thing. And I don't mean little things. I'm not talking about like a school book for the kids. I'm talking about like a two thousand dollar repair, you know, on the car and the whatever and the this and the that. Come on. There's some limitations that the enemy is trying to put on us. See, and it's not just to keep us from reaching our goal, it's to get us discouraged. Because if the enemy can discourage you, then you will keep yourself from reaching your goal. Come on, there, there'll come a point where you won't even try anymore. We could have got so discouraged, we said, you know what, forget it. It's just, the debt's just going to be there. But we said, no, we're going to keep going. Set our face like a flint and move toward the goal. Press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling. Come on. What about dreams awakened or reawakened? Come on, some have had some dreams and some people 
some enemies, your own flesh has snuffed those dreams out. Maybe some decisions that you've made have curbed those dreams. Maybe you had a dream to be a big star on Broadway, but then all of a sudden you got married and had kids. And they're getting on your nerves every day. Keep reminding you. Maybe you had big dreams. Guess what the Lord is saying to you today? I don't care your age. The dreams can still be realized because he's a supernatural God. Come on. I don't care how young. I don't care how old. God is here this morning to reawaken some of those dreams. What about missed opportunities? Oh, if I would have just went right instead of going left. I know that doesn't happen to anybody else, just me. Oh, if I would have accepted that job instead of this one. If I would have married, no. If I, now don't say, y'all don't need to say that. Where you're at is where you're at. God will bless you right where you are. Come on. Missed opportunities. Listen, you can't go back in time and do it over, but guess what? God can. He knows a way to do it. He knows a way to open a door that's been closed for 20 years. Door being closed for 20 years. God just opened it up. He got the key. Missed opportunities. They're redeemed. Wide open doors of divine possibility. Things you never thought would have happened. You never thought that would have happened to you. But it is for you. Year of God's favor. Luke chapter 4. We want to go to to verse 19, but I'm going to start back up at verse 16 because I want you to have some context of what Jesus is doing here, what Jesus is saying and where he is. Okay, have some context. Luke chapter four, beginning at verse 16, says this. It says, so he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. Jesus, as his custom, did go to church, by the way. It was his custom to. He usually went to church. Hint. As his custom was, went into the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read. Now, here's the thing about this thing is Jesus, this is is a divine appointment. And I hope you you see that. Because Jesus knew that uh, there were certain readings that went on. And he knew that this day there was a certain scroll that was going to be read. We would just call it ironic. God would call it purpose. And you'll see that. It says, he stood up to read and he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, to recover and recovery of the sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. If you write in your Bible, you might write a word down next to this passage. This word is jubilee. Jesus is preaching Jubilee here. Jubilee was the 50th year. 
after 49 years had gone by, on the 50th year, God would release all debts. All debts were released. The 50th year. And so people looked forward to this year. And here's what Jesus is saying. He said, I'm preaching a jubilee to you. I'm coming to free the captives, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, those who are blind. Now you will see. I'm going to heal those who are brokenhearted. I'm going to preach the good news of the kingdom of God to you. And it will set you free if you'll grab a hold to it. And he said, now I am proclaiming the acceptable year of the Lord. What he's saying, what another version says, the favor, the year of favor. If you'll allow me this morning, I know that half of this year is gone. We are getting ready to move into August out of July. And so most of the year is gone. But as much power, as pastoral power as the Lord has anointed me and put in me, I am proclaiming that this is the acceptable year of the Lord. This is the year of, I don't care what you've gone through. I don't care what you're going through right now. I don't care what's on your left. I don't care what's on your right. I don't care what mud your feet are stuck in. I don't care what situation you've got your own self into. I'm proclaiming to you that this is the acceptable year of the Lord, and this is the year of favor for you. If you remember that first word, what was that first word? Alignment. If you will align yourself, you can accept what Jesus is saying, not what Michael's saying, what Jesus is saying to you this morning. This is the acceptable year of favor for you. God's favor on this day and this hour is poured out upon you. Now, I don't know about you. I know you might be a little tired and sleepy, but to, to me, that's exciting. I mean, listen, when those, when those Israelites came on that 50th year, it was an exciting time. Come on. I mean, just imagine somebody walked up to you here today. Some would be more thankful than others, but said, give me all your bills, mortgage, student loan, car payment, credit card. That thing that you owe your cousin, you haven't paid him, all that. Give me all those things, and you can just start clean, fresh, from scratch. Come on. To me, that would be exciting. That would be an exciting time. But you have to align yourself to this thing right here. Because I'll tell you what will happen. Even if God does it supernaturally, which he has not only has the ability to do, not only is he able, but he's willing and he wants to do it. Even if he supernaturally takes your mortgage away and your car payment, puts you into a job you're not qualified, even if he does all those things, if you don't align yourself, you're going to find yourself right back in the same situation. And this is what I'm talking about this morning. I'm not just talking about supernaturally or magically wiping away our debt. What I'm talking about is developing a lifestyle where you walk in the favor of the Lord so that you never go back to that thing again. Come on. Somebody needs to understand that you didn't get in this situation overnight. And so you probably won't appreciate it. Come on. If God just puts you up overnight. 
Now, I'm not telling you about struggle and I'm not I'm not saying Terry and God will do it. Super. You just need to align yourself and you need to have some revelation and understand some things about the Lord. Listen to some interpretations of this scripture. I really love this. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus, what he did was he announced the year of the Lord's favor. It has begun. It has begun. The favor is here now. To announce this is God's year to act. You've been waiting. Now you've made a decision to align yourself. And now it's God's turn. To proclaim the time of the Lord's favor has come. It is here for us right now. You know something interesting? If you're a, if you're a studier of the Bible, and then even if you're not, I'm going to tell you. Uh, it's interesting that Jesus read this uh, Isaiah 61, the scroll from Isaiah 61. Now, if you go back and read Isaiah 61, one of the things that you'll notice is Jesus read all of these things and he said to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then he stopped right there, closed it, sat it down and went and sat down right in the middle of the verse. If you go to Isaiah 61 and read that, he stopped right in the middle. He didn't. There's much more to go. But he stopped right there because this is talking about the coming of the Lord Jesus. The rest of it is talking about the second coming. He said, y'all not ready for that yet. Not ready for that yet. That's, that's even higher. What could be higher than the favor of the Lord? He said, well, you're not ready for it yet. You'll get it. And I'll tell you, it, there, is a, there is a higher than the favor of the Lord. You want to know how I know? Because God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you ask or think. Come on, get some things in your mind that you want to ask God about. Come on, Pastor Patrick did. He went to the Lord and said, why? I need to know. And God answered him. God will answer you. He will answer you. So how do we walk in this thing? Well, it's very simple. There are some things that we have to do. Put some things up. You might want to jot these down. We need to have faith for favor. First of all, it sounds very simple, but you must believe it. Remember, we started out talking about how, you know, well, I don't know, that's for someone else. Or, you know, Eldon, he's so blessed, but that could never be me. You know, she's so blessed, but not for me or not at this time. Maybe if I try a little harder. Here's something I want to tell you that's going to blow your mind. Hopefully I have your attention on this. Favor of God has nothing to do with how good you are, how righteous you are, how many good things you do, how many little old ladies you help across the street, how many people you lend money to, or how bad you are, how many times you've done the wrong thing when God said go left and you went right, and you, you look back over your life and you start counting them up, and you say, boy, it's about 374 times when he told me to go this way and I went that way. Certainly his favor would not be upon me. Well, I want to tell you, his favor has nothing to do with that. Because by the very definition of favor, it is the un, it's, it's grace. Favor and grace go hand in hand. It's unmerited. You can't earn it. There's nothing you can do to earn it. And listen, when I read scripture and I think about the Lord, I always look at both sides of the coin. If there's nothing I can do to earn it, come on somebody, think about it. There's nothing I can do to push it away. Now, some people don't want to accept it. I understand that. It's a little tough. It's a little hard for you. 
Because some people are thinking, yeah, I know, I know a few ways I can push away the favor of the Lord. But God said this. He said he has set his love upon you. He has set it upon you. And just like the younger son and the prodigal son, yeah, you can go into some consequences. You can be a fool. You can spend all your money going to the pig's pen. You haven't pushed away the favor of the Lord. The favor of God is still there. That's what you're not understanding. His favor is still there. You haven't pushed it anywhere. But what you're doing is you're wallowing with the pigs. If you would come to yourself and say, listen, the favor of God is still, why am I over here when I have the favor of the Lord on my life? I want to tell you this, just because you don't act like a Christian doesn't mean you're not a Christian. Here's what God is telling you, act like it. Very simple. Very simple. Who was I, who was I talking to? I was talking to my wife and I was talking to somebody else, I think on my job, and they were, we were talking about being a pastor, and they were saying, well, you know, you, I guess you'd have to be patient, and uh, you'd have to have a big heart. No, it was when we were on the cruise, wasn't it? I think we were actually in the hot tub talking to another couple. And, uh, yeah, I know, you feel sorry. Sorry about that, you know. It's, it was tough, because it was at night. It was, it was. And uh, we got, you know, so we, where are you guys from? We're from California. This is what we do. He said, what do you guys do? And, you know, he said, well, he's a pastor, you know, and this and that. And so he said, oh, that must be tough. You must have to have, you know, a lot of patience and, you know, you counsel people and all that kind of stuff. And uh, really, I was like, I was thinking, no, we really have a counselor, so I don't really have to do too much of that. But, yeah, you do. You do have to have, uh, you know, you do have to have uh, patience, you know, and those type of things. And we got to talking about that. And, you know, we were just thinking that, uh, you know, some people, People just uh, wouldn't be cut out for counseling, Sister Jody, you know, because, uh, you know, and to me, in my heart, I really am not. It, it, that's not what comes out. I can listen, but in my heart, I'm sitting there thinking, just don't do that no more. What's your problem? Why do you keep coming, telling me, you know, like, <laughs> what is the problem? That's <laughs> why so I love my mother-in-law. She, she bought me uh, a, uh, what is the thing called with the sand that goes through? Yeah, hourglass. And it's not, it's not even an hour. I think it's a 41-minute glass. I timed it one day. And uh, she said, that's where when people come in, you just turn that hourglass, you know, and you let them talk. And if they haven't figured out their problem by the time the hourglass is over, well, your time is up, or now you've got to start paying. You know, it's, uh, no. <laughs> yeah, but it's tough. It's tough, Jody. It, it is tough. You know, just, just don't do that. It's kind of like that doctor, the, the worn out joke, you know, about, you know, doc, my hand hurts when I do this or my shoulder hurts. And the doctor says, don't do that. You know, <laughs> just don't do that. <laughs> Some things are that simple. <laughs> but in order for us to walk in this favor thing, you've got to do more than just say uh, I'm walking in favor. You see, believing it, faith is, is this. It's not only saying it, but it's the act. It's the corresponding action that goes with the speech. It's not just any action. Believing it is the corresponding action that goes with your speech. So if you say I'm walking in favor, but you're not aligning yourself to the word and you're using those excuses, well, I can't read, you know, the Bible every day. I mean, I I go to church once uh, a couple times a month, you know, and, and you use all these excuses, then you don't really believe it. You say you believe it, but you don't. Come on, I know this is on Front Street, but I'm telling you, it's not a a condemning message. Jesus said he didn't come to condemn. He came to save. This should be encouraging to us to say, yes, this is what we got to do. Next, you got to pray it. 
Come on, you have to be in communication. How many know how important communication is between two people? Come on, that's right. Communication is important. How many know communication is important between a group of people? We can get into a mess if we don't have good communication. Why would you think that communication is not important when it comes to your relationship with the Lord? How will you know what he wants you to do if you're not communicating with him? If you're not listening to what he's telling you, because prayer is a two-way street. We know that, don't we? Come on, saints. We know that. We got to go and tell him, and then we got to listen. He'll tell you. If you say, well, I just never hear from the Lord, I would just say, you never listen. I mean, again, there's that counselor thing coming out. (laughs) (laughs) Why don't you listen? (laughs) You know, God will speak to you. Go boldly before the throne and listen. You must speak it. It must be part of your speech. You can't, you can't be in your closet saying, well, you know, I, I walk in the favor of the Lord. And then somebody comes and say, how are you doing? Well, you know, my, my leg is hurting and my back is hurting. And, uh, you know, my cousin, they owe me some money. And uh, my boss is getting on my nerves. And these kids, I wish I would have never had these kids. Well, one of them maybe. But, uh, you know, and you just, you can't talk crazy and expect to walk in the favor of the Lord. You've got to speak the scripture. And by doing that, you're not denying what's going on. You're not denying that your back hurts. But what you're doing is you're speaking your future. Come on. When you speak the word over your life, you must speak it. Then you must grab it. You've got to grab hold of it. This really ties in with the belief. Because when you grab it, now you got it. I'm talking about a revelation. And if it doesn't, if it doesn't, if it doesn't resonate with you, you've got to keep at it. Keep praying, Lord, I want to understand this thing. Don't give up. You got to grab this thing. And then you got to keep it. This speaks to perseverance. Because as soon as you speak it, listen, we're going to be out of debt, honey. We're going to, we're going to, this time next year, we're going to be out of debt. As soon as you speak it, all, you know what? Breaks loose. The devil is going to come at you every which way. He's going to throw in everything, the kitchen sink, the bathroom sink, the sink downstairs in the basement, and a few sinks from Lowe's, Home Depot, and Menards. Come on. He's throwing in all the sinks at you. But you have to persevere. You got to say, I'm still going forward. Even if I don't move as fast as I moved last time. I'm going forward. You got to keep it. And then next, you got to release it. What do I mean by that? I'm talking about worry, fear, and anxiety. I'm talking about worry, fear, and ang- how's he going to do it? I mean, I, I believe it. Here's what one person said. Said, Lord, I believe, but help thou my unbelief. In other words, if you know there's some areas in your life where you're lacking spiritually, admit it. Release it. Say, Lord, I do believe. I have faith. Those areas, Lord, help me because I want to believe. Here's the thing. God, God wants your heart more than your actions. This is why obedience is better than sacrifice. He wants your heart more so than he wants your actions. 
And so you have to give your heart to him. Let me just give you a couple of scriptures to back this, this base, this, this catalyst to this series up. 2 Corinthians 5.18, listen to it first in the New King James Version. It says, now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ, come on, and given us the ministry of reconciliation. Now, there are some, some of you who are Bible studiers, you know, you use different commentaries. The most popular one, I think, is Matthew Henry's commentary. But uh, I use all kind of different stuff, you know, and uh, so forgive me. But this is the New International Greek Testament commentary says this, says this new situation about this scripture, 2 Corinthians 5.18, says this new situation is wholly God's doing. For he is the one that restores us to his favor through the work of Christ. So the work that Christ did on the cross, now the veil is rent. We have full access you don't have to go to a priest to tell you what to pray. Come on, I'm just going to be real with you this morning. You don't have to go to somebody else to tell you what to pray so that you can be forgiven. No man is going to absolve you of your sins, only the Lord. You have an advocate with the Father. There's nobody else. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. He's already done the work for you. You go to him. You can go to him for yourself. He has restored us to his favor. I wish a few more people would go to the Lord. Maybe they'd stay out of Jody's office and my office sometimes. But that's okay. The Bible also says, listen, let the elders lay hands on you and pray. Right where you are. It's all right. 2 Corinthians 6.2, the good news version says this. Hear what God says. When the time came for me to show you favor, I heard you. God says, I heard you. When the day arrived for me to save you, I helped you. Listen, he says. This is the hour to receive God's favor. I'm speaking it. Christ spoke it. Today is the day to be saved. And I want to tell you something. That word saved there is suzo in the Greek. It doesn't just mean get into heaven. It's, it's, that word there is talking about continually walking in authority. Today is the day that you get the power to walk in authority for the rest of your life. You get the power to step on serpents, to step on the devil's head the rest of your life. You get the power over sickness and disease. You get the power over bad relationships. You get the power over your finances. It's, success is in your hands and how you align yourself with the word of God. It's all about the alignment with his word. Today is the day. This is the hour, 1137, Sunday, July 27th, it is proclaimed that this is the hour of the favor of the Lord. Now you can say, well, it's just another day, we're just a church, we sang some songs, we gave a little offering, uh, we heard about the cruise, uh, thank you very much, and you said a few scriptures, and that's it, and I'm going to go out to eat and all that, and you can just leave it there. Or you can grab a hold of what God is saying this morning that it's time for you to start with today. This is the hour. It's time for you to start walking in the favor of the Lord. This is what I'm going to do. Stand to your feet this morning. I want all of us to, to say a prayer together. 
This is called what I call the favor prayer. I want us to recite this prayer together. And then once we do that, I'm going to pray for you. Put up the very last slide, the favor prayer. This is a long prayer. So hopefully you can read. Go back a couple slides. I'm sorry. This is such a long prayer. It's about three slides. Okay. Can you see all that? Good. All right. Let's say that together. One, two, three. In Jesus name, I am hid in Christ, my savior. I am righteous in Christ, accepted and sealed. I am entitled to the covenant favor of Jesus that is and will continually surround me. I expect the favor of God to be upon me, through me, and around me, wherever I go and whatever I do. Next slide. I declare favor to be my shield from anything and everything the enemy may seek to throw my way. I am blessed with favor in my life, my work, my business, and my home. I am the head and not the tail. I am set above, not below. Next slide. I am positioned to experience the immeasurable, unsurpassable, unimaginable favor of God. I choose now to believe for the best in my life. Believe for financial prosperity, job promotions, increases, victories, and changes that bless me and everyone around me. Yes, I believe favor is for me and I accept God's goodness and favor starting right now and increasing every day. Somebody give the Lord a shout of praise.